You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Konigsberg experience a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party. Man, that feels like a long time ago. Preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, the video is worth checking out on our YouTube page or Facebook page, uh, DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV, though, came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. You've got a hangover? It's all good. It's going to be gone very, very quickly because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. I want feedback on this. Send me some feedback. I want I want somebody that's gotten this done with a massive hangover or sickness or whatever, and they've come to your rescue. Visit, visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more about uh, what they do, or just download their app and book your appointment. Use the promo code HYD20. Save up to 20%. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Adam Mades, and I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Brendan Vogt. Brendan, what's happening? Adam, I'm a few beers deep, man. I'll be honest. <laughs> hey, man, we both are. We we got to send off one of our good friends, Christian Clark. I can't, re- I guess, reveal exactly the details of that, but, um, you know, we lost a good one. We lost a good one, but we're happy for him. It's a win for Christian. That's a win for all of us. You'll probably know more about what we'll talk about soon enough, but yeah, we said goodbye to a real one tonight. We did say goodbye to a real one. We did it in fashion. It was a, it was a good time. But you know what's funny? We returned home, or at least I did. I returned home and realized that I missed a lot of stuff tonight. Some stuff happened in the NBA. Big NBA night. We had a fight. We had a broken <laughs> hand in a top five player. Can I start off a- with a hot take? Like a scorching? Not even a. This is this is actually not a hot take, but people are gonna think it is, and it's the Please very do. first thing I thought of when I got home. Please do. I watched the video of Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid tussle on the court. Tussle. It's not a fight, huh? It's just not a fight. It was a tussle, and let me tell you something. Nikola Jokic would beat the crap out of both of these wussies. This is so hot. This is, this is not hot at all. That was an embarrassment of a fight. I largely agree, minus the part where we called two seven-footers wussies. <laughs> I do not want that smoke. But but I do think that a Serbian uh, rural man who grew up getting his ass See, handed yo, to Hey, him Jokic is tough. By those two dudes. Yeah, man, people think Jokic is soft. I bet you that dude well, could Jokic. take a punch and throw a punch uh, to like he would surprise a lot of people, is my guess. I don't think we will see a video of Jokic tussling. If he gets in a fight, he'll be in a fight. But my God, was I unimpressed with that fight! What a weak fight! Embiid couldn't wait to to pump the crowd up either, throw his arms up. Like that oh, was an IG yeah. story moment, right? Oh, of course. Um, and then Towns yeah. went to Twitter. I saw too, and threw out some, you know, threw out some shade. This was an embarrassment. It, it, honestly, man, it's funny to me that people view. You know, there's a lot of people out there in the media included that talk about Jokic as if he was like silver spoon up his mouth or whatever. It's soft, I know. like whatever. It's like, are you guys freaking crazy? 
I mean, this dude spent the first, the formative years of his life getting bullied by six foot five plus men, just getting his ass handed to him by some big dudes. I think he might be able to take both of them, to be honest, like at the same time. That's when I saw that fight. I'm like, you know what? Jokic would, would take both of these clowns. Jokic is a load of a man, and he does not care. <laughs> he does not bigger. care for, for the theatrics, right, or yeah. the Instagram stuff. If we're fighting, we're fighting. I get that sense from him for sure. He doesn't but even also, have an Instagram. But but he also goes home and watches Pokemon or whatever. Right. So he also he's not finna fight you, but he'll he'll finish it. I think. I'm telling you, it was the first thing I thought of when I saw this fight was that was that was it. That that was what happened. That's how you guys handled that. That that. I mean, I, I also understand that like NBA fights are expensive, <laughs> and so right. there was yep. definitely the little bit of like we both want to like not back down, but also like what's the least amount we can do without getting fined. But hey. none, nonetheless, man, come on. Hey, shout out Joel Embiid. He said he's done trash talking this year. He's all about his business, <laughs> and, and we can see that through five games. <laughs> God, this is already a great podcast. Uh, <laughs> today's episode of the show, though, uh, had an off day for us. So a nice off day. We're very, very excited about that. Um, we're going to break down our 10 biggest takeaways from the first week. Brendan, we can't have too many big takeaways, right? So uh, the analysis will sort of be like this analysis that's suspended in time. It might not be true a week from now. But at least one week into the season, we have like a sample size to at least throw out some takes on. It's the weird part about our job, right? We're paid to have opinions right now, but you want to know my real opinion is nothing matters yet. Um, But that doesn't change the fact that things are happening and there's things to analyze. So I do, in fact, have takes, Adam. You know, I think you're wrong. It does matter. We just don't know what matters yet, right? Sure, sure. So so we can can always go back in time and be like, oh, man, there were the seeds planted. Like, if you know, we're paying attention. Um, so some of the stuff that has happened matters. Some of it does not, and we don't know which ones. But we're going to try to guess at least a little bit about what's happening. And um, we have a nice list here in front of us. I think it's a good list. It's a solid list. And, of course, we arrange these in a way that the further down the list we go, the bigger the takeaways, you know, the, the consequences potentially are. So without further ado, let's hop right into this. I have my first one in front of me. Are you ready for this, Brendan? Let's do it. Barton does not actually suck dude this was my first this was the first thing i wrote <laughs> in the notes section when you type he looks great he does look I, great and well, and looks very well good. well let's 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 walk this back great's <laughs> probably a stretch it's all relative right i mean barton yeah. is not being asked to be a one a two or a third option in this offense right. he's asked to be the, the starting small forward right and what you've seen is a strong focus on rebounding which he does quite well by the way for an undersized three and a natural two yeah. and defense which is not his natural forte correct but he's but he's mitigating those deficiencies with effort right now yeah. and you know there's been a lot of I know people like like to think he, he he takes selfish shots or whatever. He's not taking a ton of shots right now, and I and I do think when he is shooting, it's it's in lieu of a, of a more aggressive offense at the hands of Jokic and Murray. So I don't think he's forcing anything at him, and I think he's sliding into that three in a way some people maybe didn't think he could. A hundred percent. And I'll be honest, my faith was shaken, <laughs> or shook. Yeah. Was it shook or shaken? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but my faith was shooken, and I, I with, with Will Barton because last year was so bad. It was. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh man, he's he played the worst year ever, and it, you you thought, oh man, um, maybe we were wrong about him. Maybe he's <laughs> actually as bad as everybody said. But no, this year, you know, the thing about Will Barton is 
he is a jack of all trades player and his best skill is that sort of like street ball scoring like just right. dirty gritty one-on-one make a bucket and i think people project that aspect onto every part of his game but the truth is he's a really good pick and roll player he's a yep. really good passer He's a good shooter. He's a good mid-range off-the-dribble shooter. He's a good defender. He's not great at any of those, but he's good at a lot of them. And this team needs that kind of guy because I just think he fits into a lot of different situations. Yeah, I think he's willing is a, is a word that, Ooh, that I like for him. Pun intended. Uh, willing to yeah, God. <laughs> willing to take it to the rack when others maybe aren't. I mean, oh, it's good, a little yeah. different now, Adam, but two years ago, neither Jamal Murray or Gary Harris were penetration-type guards, right? Right. They, they weren't blowing by guys and creating it. But Barton can, and he's a better passion than he's given credit for. He's also had a couple of plays this Adam this season, Adam, where I think he's driven to the hoop confidently with conviction, knowing, hey, maybe I don't finish this, but Jokic, Millsap, they're in a good right. position. To rebound. Oh, man. This is an aggressive take, and we need it right now. And so sometimes I think people see that and they see a miss. What they didn't see was Barton making something happen. The Kobe uh, assist is it, it's a real thing, and they're especially when the offense gets really bogged down. Um, it, the Kobe assist is a real thing, and he has a lot of those where he draws two defenders to him, yep. throws up the brick that Jokic just taps in, or Plumlee taps in, or whoever it is, and um, those are important. But I I think he's just been great, and honestly, the way you I grade Will Barton is what parts of his game are shining. And mm. the scoring part, you know, 38% from the field is not that great. 43% from three is really good, especially on three and a half attempts a game. So that part's good. Um, but the efficiency overall is a little bit below you what you want. But he's just done a lot of the stuff, the defense, the block shots. Yep. Um, <laughs> he is second in the on, on the team. No, third on the team in block shots. Um, on rebounds, second on the team on rebounds. Yeah. Like he's 11 doing... last night, four offensive rebounds in that loss to Dallas. Oof. And then here's a fun one. Who leads the team, would you guess, in plus minus? This is an uh, easy one. Is it Nikola Jokic? It is. Guess who's number two? It's Will Barton. It's Will Barton. And I think that's really cool, man. Like last year he was a super, you know, a super negative. So only four games, but Will Barton, I think, does not suck. And there is at least a good version of him out in there that really, really helps the Nuggets. Um, number my, my number two takeaway, we talked about this a lot, so it's why it's only my number two. But the Michael Porter Jr. situation is just going to hang over everything. Yep. And I think we saw that already in that Dallas loss, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you could – first of all, teams lose within their first four games. You don't necessarily have to dissect that. But if you were going to, and you're going to dissect the exact same loss last season, you might just say, Jokic didn't bring it tonight. Bench can be better. They weren't. They have to be better. But you have this MPJ dynamic now. And of course, everyone's first thought, albeit understandably, is where is MPJ? And so whether that's fair or not, I'm with you, man. I think that's going to be a reality for Malone, mm-hmm. for the media, for anyone who's who's deeply involved in this. MPJ is going to be kind of the first thought after any sort of disappointing run from from last year's rotation. It's funny because I'm watching – we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I'm watching the whole Altitude Comcast. Like where's the fan base? You know, like how is it being talked about? Where's just the – you know, what's the general feel from the public about it? And it's one of those things where the more time goes on, the more you realize that pu- public sentiment shifts one direction or another. I think mm. the same thing is going to be true of Michael Porter Jr. Like, I, I think there's a vocal minority of diehards who are all about this, like, 
why isn't he playing now type, you know, what what's going on right now. But I think if he's not playing in a week, two, three, like the voices just get louder. I I actually think this situation does have a shelf life and yes. um, it just hangs over everything and it's going to continue to hang over things as, as time goes on. So um, no matter what happens with the Nuggets, they could go 20 and one. It's still going to be that thing of like, hey, what's going on with him? When's he going to play? And, and um, you you know, it's funny, Adam, I've already started to see now you're five games in. What's the biggest national take on the Nuggets? Where's MPJ? Yeah. And it's funny. This is a team that won 54 games last season, reached the second round of the playoffs with truthfully a quarter of execution, a play away from the Western Conference Finals. What was the conversation about them in the summer? It was Michael Porter Jr. So this is how star. they resonate on the national scale. And we've talked, okay, Michael Porter Jr., this locker room, I don't know, or, or Michael Malone, rather, this locker room, I don't know how much they respond to fan noise, but you're right, it, 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 it'll it grow from local to national, yeah. and that will become a, dis- a distraction at some point, I think. Our first sponsor, of course, Breckenridge Brewery. What were we drinking tonight, by the way, at the bar tonight? Avalanche, baby. Now, avalanche ales while watching an avalanche on an illegal stream at a bar. It was great. Weird times. Weird times in Denver. <laughs> it's weird times we live in. Um, but Breckenridge Brewery, your local brewery, the official beer of DNVR, the Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge. You probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter. A lot of people are calling them vanilla porter, Jr. Their oatmeal stout. <laughs> tons of people. <laughs> yeah, tons of people, including me, Brendan, Eric, lots of us. <laughs> Um, the world famous Avalanche, you know, which we, their classic America Amber style. I'm a malty guy. I'm not a hoppy guy. Um, but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky, which you're going to love. Colorado Core, which for you keto enthusiasts, very, very low in sugar and carbs. You're going to want to drink lots of them. You can drink like 20 of them and still be on, on diet, which is great. Um, and then, of course, make sure to look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on the DNVR.com. We got some cool stuff up on there, mostly Av stuff. But we got to get our this, – this weekend we're actually meeting to talk about uh, Nugget stuff. Um, very excited about that. It's going to start planning our Nuggets events. So you're going to want to be checking back at that. And then send us. If you're drinking beer this weekend, we're starting to get closer to the weekend. If you're going to make your purchase – Try out a Strawberry Sky or a Vanilla Porter Jr. Oatmeal Stout. Let us know what you're trying out and let us know what you think. We always appreciate when you support the people who support us, and that's definitely them. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, and Brendan, we're counting down the 10 takeaways from the first week of the season. This is a downer. This is by far the biggest downer on the entire list. 
Mm. I put this out on Twitter, and I was surprised. I don't. I don't think I've even made it through my no- notifications. I'm gonna have to lay in bed tonight and try to catch up with everybody. But um, the Nuggets might not actually be on TV this year. Not all year, right? And and not like just the, the Nuggets, year. but their their building mates, the Colorado Avalanche. These are two title contending teams. I'm not picking either team to win the title, but they're both in the race. And there are people in the city of Denver, Adam, that are trying to figure out whether they should and how to stream the game illegally for lack of a better option. And you can't blame anyone. You can't. A lot of people are like, oh, it's fine. You can stream it here, this, whatever. I mean, I don't think people understand (laughs) how the world works. Like, (laughs) not everybody is going to hop on. Like, we try to get people to rate our our podcast and I get as many ratings and reviews as I do get messages from people that say, I don't know how to rate or review your show. Right. right. <laughs> like, like when we beg people like, Hey, leave us a five-star rating. This, this podcast you're listening to still not quite a five-star uh, podcast. Unfortunately, we ask people for that, but so many people just don't know how. And I think people underestimate how much of the world just counts on traditional models for, you know, getting their stuff. So um, this is a big deal. It's a, I really noticed it last night when the Nuggets were hosting the Mavericks when almost everything that was on Twitter, whether it was a tweet and people replying to us or it's just people adding us saying, like, not watching, this is BS, can't even see it, can't find it. Like, this is a real big deal with big consequences. And Adam, like, uh, you know, I don't think it's about placing blame and I don't think one needs to to arrive at the right take and the fair take here, which is this cannot happen, right? (laughs) There's there's greed on the parts of of these providers. Everyone accepts that. Everyone knows that. And I look, man, I do not know how these negotiations go. I know nothing about this business. I'm not going to sit here and slam altitude. But it's just worth noting that this isn't a thing that happens all over the country. Maybe it will be going forward. It might be, yeah. It might be. This model was broken. Um, but there were three major contracts for two sports teams that are in the peaks right now. They're golden eras, and and they were all allowed to expire at the same time. So far be it for me, man, to know enough to place blame, but someone's to blame. And collectively, it's just a shame. It's unacceptable. And there are sports are not nothing, Adam. I right. think yes, the, yes. The, the beauty in sports lies in that we can find that we can subscribe to that beauty wholesale, despite the utter objective meaninglessness of it all. And it's not nothing to rip that away from people. Life is not easy. Many of us choose the nuggets or the avalanches, our preferred method of escape. Right. Um, it matters to me. It matters to others that that that's not something we can throw ourselves at right now. It, it it really, really, really is wild. And you're right. We're in a sort of a as, – as media members, we're in an interesting situation because we have people that we really, really admire and respect whose yes. jobs are you know, hanging in the balance. And um, it, you know, it's tough to talk about the situation in a way that like shows support of the people we love and care about um, while also trying to remain right. and, and, uh, and hold our journalistic uh, integrity and – and give this a fair shake. But the bottom line, and I think the line both of us care most about is this is ridiculous. Like there, there really is two seasons going on an avalanche one and a nuggets one that everybody is excited about in town and, and that nobody's able to watch it. And if you're not familiar with the situation, just to briefly recap, the Denver nuggets locally are just not on TV altitude, which is owned by the Cronkies, by owned by Cronkie sports and entertainment that they are in a contract dispute with the cable provider so that it's being broadcast but not on cable, not by anybody that, that, that can watch it in Denver. And here's my question to you, Brendan. This is the thing I've really been thinking about. 
It is so hard to build up the Nuggets brand here in Denver. And I think you and I and the rest of the people over at Denver Stiffs, it's the thing I'm most proud about is we created this thing or we helped to create this thing that people really connected with. And it was so hard for us in our platform to do that. We saw real changes and real momentum. And here we are sort of like approaching the summit of that. And it is so quick how uh, it's so crazy how quickly this can completely disappear. I've been on, you know, my my soapbox here about this concept of organizational momentum, man. And I I believe it's real. And there's two particular aspects of it where my mind goes. Fan support locally does not come easily for the Nuggets in this city. That's just that's a fact, right? It's Broncos one, two and three. And I don't know where the Nuggets stack up against the Avalanche and the Rockies. They went from the bottom of the league in attendance, right, right to, to a distinct, legitimate home court advantage. You can lose that. Especially they have, as I think they have like a top 13 or so, like they're ranked 13th in um, uh, uh, season ticket sales or something like that. You know, like they're, they've right. really, they've crushed it with that. Like but, people but, are excited. But when you rank 13th, Adam, what happens? Well, then you jack up the ticket sales. But now it's more expensive to get to games. And what's your alternative? Illegally streaming? And I mean, this stuff matters, man. People want to care. There are new people in Denver who want to care. It's not just about the old guard, right? Think of the opportunity. Denver's malleable. Denver is a transplant city. You can change that narrative of this is a Broncos town. Well, you can if the teams aren't on television. And and the other thing, Adam, I think of is – these are two teams that that I think struggle to land big time players, right? In free agency, oh these aren't God, big markets. Yeah. Do you oh think it God. helps? I mean, no, why, why didn't LeBron sign with the Nuggets? He could have won a title. Well, they're not on television, <laughs> you know. That's why he went to L.A. Good Lord. It's, uh, that's not obviously uh, why, but, but you see uh, yeah, my yeah. no, but it still it matters. Like it, it really does matter, and I can't imagine what agents think when they're watching their team and being like, "Wait, so so like nobody." Nobody in town's watching these guys. Like, none, nothing's I mean, going what, on. I like, mean, how do you even like? That's a weird thing to even explain. I have buddies from from back home asking about the Nuggets. I'm explaining this situation, and it wow. requires several. Fa- they're like, "What do you mean? It's they're not on television." Let me ask you this: What? Um, how much damage do you think has already been done? I don't think anything that's irreversible yet. Correct. I but, agree. Yeah. But I think that line. I think we approach that line faster. Than, than the Cronkies like to think. This will be yeah. the ultimate test, man, for the way that they've approached owning things in general, <laughs> but owning the sports teams. Like it's yeah, like I guess the last laugh is on the rest of us. They seem to clear a profit each time, but this will be put to the test, right? Yeah. The just the, the what's good for business versus what's good for the people who support us and the people who care about our product. Um, the former is not sustainable without the latter's investment, and and that'll be put to test, I think. It's absurd to think that this could end up lasting all season, but I, I, because we just, it's like the doomsday scenario we've, ne- we nobody's talked about, but I'm starting to talk about it because just some of the things you hear and and the fact that we're at this point and just seeing the way the discussion has gone, it's just like this might not get resolved, and that, hey, it's I, just absurd. I'm not sourced on this thing, man. Right? Like any conversations I have are indirect. Like second, third, fourth, You're whatever. You're talking but, to the people who are talking to sources. Sure, right? Yeah, so don't – but I haven't had a single conversation that makes me feel like we're close. Right, right. So it's it's tough, man, I, and I think it's time to start wondering about those worst-case scenarios. The Cronkies better should be. Let's move on from this depressing topic yeah. to like a slightly yeah. des- less de- depressing topic, which is 
you know, the, the Nuggets do have raised expectations this year. And your take, which I don't 100% be- agree with, but I do think you're – I also don't think you're wrong. I just don't think you're 100% <laughs> right. And that is that with raised expectations, there's a different vibe. Last year was the sweet spot. This year, we're four games in, and the Nuggets are 3-1. and one, And I think most people who have watched the games and analyzed them are kind of, are thinking, what's wrong with the Nuggets? Well, what's wrong with the Nuggets, Brendan? They're 3-1. They're and one. Right. Isn't that yeah, good? What's, what's wrong with the Nuggets? Not much, actually. Right. Uh, you know? So it, it's – Look, I get it. Um, this is a symptom of of what you want as a fan base, right? Which is championship aspirations, yeah. and, and that's what you that's what the teams works toward. That's what you've waited for as a fan. But the truth is, Adam, last year it felt like virtually everything was house money up until the playoffs. Up until the yeah. playoffs, then things changed. But that regular season, virtually every week was a pleasant surprise. Well, now the Nuggets are expected to not just win, Adam, but play their yeah, best basketball. That's true. Yep. And and that's I think every fan base goes through this when their team gets good enough. But it's not fair. It's it's never fair. Like, have the Clippers looked like an A plus basketball team? Right. No. No. They're, they're Lakers three and Houston, two. <laughs> like anyone, you know, maybe Milwaukee, but so they deserve more time and more patience. But I just think it's a symptom of. Of what happens when you get used to your team being good, um, it's probably more of a good thing than a bad thing. But for folks like you and I, I think it might make stretches of the season less fun, man. I think two things are happening. One, the Nuggets point differential is plus 3.3. And, and all that matters there is that the Nuggets haven't won big. They've won little. And then right. they lost one. And they haven't played any teams that just blow you away. And then the second thing is they're averaging 106 points per game, which is fourth worst in the Western Conference. Um, it's definitely on the lower half, probably lower third of the entire NBA. And it's just one of those things where you look at it and you go, man, this team is good offensively. I think I predicted them to be a top three offense this year and they're, they're just not. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I, I they definitely, there, there's definitely some truth to this last year was the sweet spot, but I still think that this team has a very, very, very fun team in them that they just haven't realized no doubt. once they do, no doubt. once they and do, we'll I see it, man. Again. I still think the highs can be just as high. And and look, man, let's not beat around the bush. If the if the aspirations are championship, like what's more fun than winning a title? That's way more fun than last year's sweet spot or whatever. Like I get all that, yeah. but the lows will just be a little more difficult. If they lose a game, heads have to roll, right? That's the, that's sort <laughs> oh, of fan Jesus. speak. And God, I can't even and, imagine that. But yeah, it just feel, it feels that way. And look, yeah. man, fans aren't wrong. The, the the weird thing, the weirdest thing about our job, Adam, is that I feel like we work with for adjacent to these these fans yeah but what the way we're supposed to interpret these games supposed to is the operative word for me is wildly different i think fans are supposed to be irrational supposed right. to be yeah. rational yeah i sure. want them to be that way and have yeah, fun sure. yep. you and i have to speak to them but our job is to be measured so yes. there's an inherent disconnect there right yeah for sure um along these same lines though about like different vibe the bench this is my next takeaway. This is number five. The bench isn't a given. And I just thought yeah. it was. Like, I, we, we all thought that – and look, I still do. I still think this bench is really, really good. There's probably some tweaks both to um, who's part of the bench and but also some tweaks to just how much the bench plays with other people. But the bench mm-hmm. is all negative. You look at the plus minus on the year. I know it's only four games, but, you know, everybody, every single one of them is a negative – and some of them, Tory Craig, uh, Mason Plumley, negative quite a bit at the moment. So um, the bench is not a given. Yeah, and it's you know last year's bench was this revelation. You figure you subtract some of that that 
I'll just say dead weight. We don't have to name names. And you add a guy like Jeremy Grant, you expect it to be even better, don't you? But my big takeaway, man, is about the bench is something you brought up in our last conversation on this podcast. You know, the hockey substitutions are interesting because I'm not sure that that playing that unit together, that second unit, as opposed to staggering them, is the best way to extract value from guys like Grant who could be paired so well with Jokic, um, Beasley, who can space the floor in any lineup. Or how about Torrey Craig, who's most valuable when defending a top-level player on the other team? Well, if he's playing strictly with the second unit, Adam, 11, 12 minutes, he's not getting those assignments. And, in fact, he's hurting the spacing on that unit. So Shutting shutting down Kent Bazemore doesn't have that much value. (laughs) Right. Like, if you're not a great shooter and shutting down Kent Bazemore, that value is severely reduced, right, from guarding C.J. McCollum. So. Part of it, man, is they just have to play better, and it's early. And I actually expect them to, but but I'm I'm curious about that, man. Is is there, is Malone doing them a disservice with this current substitution pattern? I I don't know better than he does, but well, let's get rid of these downers and do an upper. The bench might not be great, but the starters are still dope. That's that's my number six takeaway. The starters really freaking you, good. You framed it that way. This pod's been really depressing. Yeah, and, it has. And I I think it's. It's not our fault. Some of the takeaway, like the altitude thing's a bummer. But It's really just that is the only one, really. But I do want to like – like in, in these conversations, we've had to remind ourselves, but also they're 3-1. and one, I really want to hammer that part home. Yes, please do. Like, like yeah. through four games, I feel like they've looked terrible and they've still looked like a top 7-8 team in the league. Oh, no doubt about it. We're going to get to – the last one I think is a great takeaway just to tease that. Sure. So I'll just kind of sneak this in and, and I don't know where you're going with that, but – through four games, Adam, through four C-minus performances, I'm actually more confident in their ability to contend for a title. Ooh, I like it. That is a good teaser. Um, and then the last one, we talked about this a lot yesterday, so we can just kind of talk about it, then we'll go to break. But Jokic, still prone to emotional slumps. I really hoped and maybe even thought. I don't say well, I was like ready to like bet the house on it, but I kind of thought we were past that. And um, you know, maybe tomorrow night, Thursday night, Nuggets going to New Orleans. We're going to have a live postgame show after. They're probably going to ramp up our live postgame shows, do them more frequently for you because they're a lot of fun, and it seems like a lot of people are really, really interested in them. We're going to get creative, do some really cool stuff. But the Nuggets tomorrow night have an opportunity to bounce back. They lost one game. Jokic has played bad now in two games, or at least below what we expect of him in two games. There's a chance for him to go out tomorrow and just completely dominate. So um, great opportunity, but nonetheless – Jokic, we still see some of these little like passive aggressive streaks that I I was hoping were done. Mm. <laughs> Great comment. <laughs> I love when you throw in the mm. yeah solid. That's an agree, no. I right? swear. Here's my real take. Uh, yeah, it's, we talked about this so much, man, coming into the season. Yeah, and I think at some point it was thrown out like, well, maybe we're overreacting, right? You, or we're putting honest, too much. I want to know honestly. Do you think we are? Well, no, yes and no. I think it's both. We were right. Like, okay, Jokic did in fact come into the season basketballed out. Like, I think that's it's a fairly reasonable story, not a two day story, though. Right, that's my thing, man. Like, okay. it's not a problem until it's a problem, and in yeah. fact, it's almost better, I think, man, to have him going through it now. Oh, because yeah, for sure. I don't know. It just seems inevitable to me, and but I but I also believe he'll work his way out of it, yeah. and like eventually. They'll just play better. He'll be having more fun, and it, and it gets cyclical. Um, the bright side, though, dude, like last year they had to learn how to win, 
remember or, or, or a couple seasons ago, Jokic was out for six games, right? And we had to see like Murray and Harris had to emerge as guys who are capable of winning a game without him. Right. Through four games, there there was a kind of interesting test they're being put through here, man. And and maybe yeah, there's value I like this. how to how to win games when Jokic isn't a top three center in the league. And and that actually might raise their ceiling and their floor, man. You're a smart dude, Brennan. I like it, man. This is a great take. Um Another great take. The Green Solution. Phenomenal. 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flower concentrate edibles and topical topicals online and head to the closest green solution solution for pickup use promo code dnvr20 for 20 percent off everything we do gets a great discount this is 20 percent off is kind of a big deal dnvr20 yeah it's a nice discount solid discount dnvr20 for 20 percent off your entire purchase again mygreensolution.com um lots of good content up on dnvr you're gonna want to check it out and of course tomorrow tune in i want to see this tune in um we're gonna have the dnba live show uh right after the game it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna have some uh a really good panel and uh i I just i get excited for these it's fun man we have a great job brendan dude it's so awesome it's the coolest gig ever our office is awesome we have so many great people one of the things i haven't stressed enough on this and i want to dnvr is chock full with some awesome people Really talented, really yes. cool people. Strong cosign. Strong cosign. Allie Monroy is going to be producing the live show tomorrow, and she's just brilliant. She does a great job, um, and uh, that's why our shows look so cool. Like us talking is one thing, but like having an actual production value to it is is a whole other thing. So check us out. Follow us on Twitter, of course. Follow us on YouTube if you're not already, because we put stuff on there that doesn't go anywhere else. Um, some really really cool stuff. All right, we got three more of these. We'll go through them quickly here. The Nuggets' identity is less certain than we thought everything coming into the season Brennan was um continuity continuity this team knows hmm. who they are I kind of feel like I actually don't quite know who the Nuggets are right now it's funny man I think we're agree I agree with that take where the way I would frame it is Michael Malone's job's a little more complicated isn't it well that's we- number nine so we have eight nope. nine back to back so let's do it well, let's, no let's just blend them let's blend them. all right cool sorry if I jumped on your point but it's good. I think we're talking about the same thing right this this Continuity, and, and it wasn't just that they led the, the league in continuity. I mean, most of the league was talking about at least a thousand minutes total from their rotation changed out. Denver was less than 300. Yeah. I mean, it was. So, this is a team that should know exactly who they are, but the substitution patterns are different, aren't they? Yeah. And, 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 and so that rotation's a little different. The way Malone is approaching this is a little different. And, and, they, and he does have some questions to figure out with. Craig fit nicely in the starting lineup for lack of a better option when there were injuries. But how does he fit in a bench lineup? Does he mitigate right. the value that Jeremy Grant adds? Like right. this has gone from a really straightforward coaching job to one that will require some tough decisions. Really tough. I think he's just entering it, just scratching the surface. But you're right. So what's interesting is Denver does have a lot of continuity. But Will Barton, although he played 40 games or whatever last season and was in the playoffs, he wasn't the version that we see now. Gary Harris right. wasn't the version he is now, and I think some of the growing pains that you're seeing is just that, you. yes, you have continuity, but Gary's trying to be a different player than he was last year. Will Barton's a different player than he was last year. Um, and then, of course, yeah, that's, that second unit that worked maybe last year, now you add Jeremy Grant, who we all agree is a better player than what they had there in, in Trey Lyles. 
but now there's new dynamics. And and then on top of that, you know, Malone's going with these hockey rotations right now. Right. Is that going to continue? That's a different feel than what they did last year. Yeah, everything's different. It's it's. I would actually say that's my sort of macro scale takeaway now that we've oh. talked through it, is that this was a season where I expected to, um, frankly, man, be kind of just going through the motions in these first couple months, much like the players, right? right yeah. Denver has bigger fish to fry, but no, there are storylines, there are questions Different feel, different team, man. That's why the NBA is great. And then I lastly, know. let's let's pick it up, man. There's there's one, and all of this stuff is fun. It's like we just spent all this time on negative sort of takeaways, but we have a good one. And this is unfortunately Steph Curry. I think might have hurt his hand tonight for real. Like I mean that that injury, even if it only cost him say two weeks, the Warriors are getting blown out right now. They don't have a lot Steph of time, Curry. man. Yeah, they, they might not have, have to. Weeks, yeah. I mean, two weeks without Steph Curry. And first of all, I think that injury is going to be a lot longer than two weeks, a lot longer. It might be like the whole year. But let's just say he misses two weeks. <laughs> Do they win in two weeks without Steph Curry? Do they uh, go like one and eight? Dude, I actually can't fathom how they would. I don't know I mean, how they would score. Draymond's not that type of player. I mean, we all that's that's no Draymond slander, yeah. but he's certainly he's certainly not going to put that team on his back. Definitely not. So there. So the point we're getting to number ten. The NBA is wide open. Mm. The Clippers on night one, everybody crowned him, myself included. I was like, oh man, Kawhi looks like the real deal. Well, it turns out maybe he was just a little hot. Um, the Clippers now three and two. They've dropped a couple games. Guess who's the only undefeated in the Western Conference team without looking? Take a guess. Is it San Antonio? Is it- the San Antonio Spurs? Are you afraid of them? No, but that's awesome and classic and on brand and and so on. The Lakers, the Jazz, they all just have flaws. Like, and and look, things will change. Maybe some players will be added or whatever. Guys will get healthy. But you know, for the last couple of years, there've been the two or three teams that were just better than the Nuggets. And it's like, yeah, man, like Denver's the best of the rest. You know, like they can win right, that second right, tier. But right. Denver's not a. I don't think a great team. Like they're, they're definitely not. But man, does this not feel like 2011, where all of these teams are sort of vulnerable? And oh, that's maybe, so true. Maybe a second tier team can sneak in, and, and not only that, maybe Denver can become a first tier team. This year is wide open in a way that we all knew, but even more so. It's hard to evaluate out east because I almost don't like. How do you measure up Milwaukee and Philly? Yeah. In these contexts, right, when determining the very best teams in the league um, this early in the season, and and obviously they're going to dominate the East. But it's true, man. That I, my big point was coming into the season, sure, the West got better, but is anyone as good as Golden State was last year? No. And so al- no. ultimately that bar is lower, right? Correct. Well, dude, it's not even close. Not even close. I don't think any of these teams strike me as potentially – like all-time NBA teams, right? We're in this era of all these statistical benchmarks being cleared, and Houston Rockets failed to win a title, but they've had some of the, from a statistical profile standpoint, best teams to never win. I'm not seeing all that out there this year, man. I've seen a lot of teams that have things to figure out, and I, you know, I'm not picking the Nuggets against the field, but through four games, am I sitting here thinking they don't have a chance? No, man, they have a chance, and I, I think. I think anyone in this top seven or eight has a real shot. Yeah. And Denver's in it. And that's what's so cool. Man, did you see the Rockets tonight dropped 159 in regulation? Yeah, but didn't they also give up 150, like eight, <laughs> eight to, yes. to to Washington? <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Dude, they scored 40 in two separate quarters, and they scored 35 in the other two. Like, what an absurd box score this is. Goes back to your point about, like, a weird night to have missed in the NBA. Like, I was just checking my phone, and it was like, well, the Warriors are down by 30. (laughs) Curry broke his hand. There's a fight. And the Rockets and the the Wizards just put up 300 points. (laughs) What the hell was that? The NBA is nuts. I feel like we were too much of downers today, man, but that happens. Um, no, I mean, first yeah. loss of the season blues. That's the funny thing, dude. We just ran through that whole list and I really want to close this with like, dude, why not? Why I feel not? why not as strongly as ever. I, I know that is the crazy thing is this Nuggets team. I mean, the cool part is, is they have played really, really boring, terrible basketball. And one, it's been actually a lot of fun and they're three and one and they're really good. So dude, they're going to win. Te- they're going to win games by accident, right? I think I mean, they've already won a couple on accident, yeah, quite frankly. Maybe three. Jokic yeah. sat out an entire half. Really, didn't even play well in the third quarter, and then just came out and dominated. He's played four games through a protest of God knows what. But <laughs> God knows what. They're He's protesting. We just don't know what. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun. Guys, don't forget to check us out tomorrow night. It's at the Pelicans. They're at the Pelicans. No Zion. Thank God. <laughs> He's here for the Nuggets now. Um, but it should be a really, really good game. And on top of that, we're going to have a post-game live show that no matter what, win, lose, rain, snow, whatever, we're going to have a post-game show that's a lot of fun. And then, of course, Friday, the DMBA show. Can't wait. Going to be a good one. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. He's Brendan Vote. I'm Adam Matas, and we are Denver.